You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today in the same room is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. I can't believe this is the first time that we are doing a show in person together in at least three years, probably longer than that. I'm not sure if we did it the last time that I was in Auburn with you, uh, but prior to that, we definitely did a show. I almost want to say this was before it was even the same old Dolphin show. It might have been Brothers of Destruction. Might have been the Brothers of Destruction show. Oh, you know what, though? When we got together in Philadelphia for my birthday... A couple of years ago, 2019, October 2019, I think we did a show to, we may have done a show in person to review that Dolphins-Jets game when the Dolphins beat the Jets. Yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. When we owned Sam Darnold. Oh, those were the days. The halcyon days of the tanking for two a year. Those were the good days. Those were the good old days. The, the years where we were losing on purpose. Those are the good old days, right? Things, oh, how the times have changed. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to beat around the bush too much about it. I think we're going to jump right in and get to talking about what is essentially the elephant in the room, which is the Deshaun Watson rumors. And we didn't want to talk about it. And we we sort of said on this show that we weren't going to come back to talking about it anymore. But uh, once again, these rumors flared up and it really is starting to sound like Something is going to happen. It may not. It may very well end up falling through. But it sounds like at the moment that the Dolphins are still in pursuit of a trade for Deshaun Watson. And we're going to we're going to talk about that. And I think it's going to take up, you know, the first part of this show here. We are eventually going to talk a little bit about the game coming up this weekend as the Dolphins at one and five hosts the Atlanta Falcons in attempt in an attempt to hopefully right the ship, whatever that means at this point, as we're, as the Dolphins have more or less entered evaluation mode. But, uh, I, you know, I think it's important to talk about the Watson thing. And I want to make something clear at the top before we really get into this is that this is a conversation that we're going to have today that I think a lot of these, a lot of podcasts, a lot of Dolphins media don't really want to have this, the conversation that we're going to have today because it's not necessarily, and it's really, in a lot of ways, not a football conversation at all, but I think it's an important conversation to have, and it's something that a lot of people are doing their best to ignore or not to talk about, and whether they're whether that's because they're waiting for there to be a move that actually happens or something else, I think we have to talk about the 
significant red flags that are raised by the fact that the Dolphins front office is seems to be very much still engaged in talks for this player, for Deshaun Watson, a player that is accused of 22 different instances of sexual misconduct. And I know that they're not all necessarily criminal charges, some are civil uh, accusations, but the fact of the matter is that this is a significant issue. And I mean, before we even get into the sort of moral aspects of it, we can have a conversation about the fact of how ludicrous it would be for the Dolphins to make any kind of move for this player when he has all of these issues outstanding and how the NFL has not taken a stand on it one way or the other because of the fact that he's being, he's the, is inactive and, and the Houston Texans are not actively playing this guy right now. They're paying him $10 million this season to sit on the bench and they're trying to get rid of him. And because of that, because he's not playing and there is no immediate threat that he is going to play, the NFL is just keeping their hands off and not saying anything about any action that they might take in regards to this issue. So there, there's that, that we have no idea what the NFL is going to do. And then we also, quite frankly, have no idea what's going to play out in terms of the off the field issues. Like we don't know if this is going to go to a court and if it goes to court cases, what is going to happen? And is this guy going to end up in jail? And what happens in that case? And I don't, I don't know how the Dolphins could actively pursue something like that, a player like that with those kinds of question marks, especially with the kind of return that the Houston Texans are looking for right now. And I know that what a lot of people are saying, the kind of out for the Dolphins is, well, they can, they're obviously looking for pick protections. And, you know, if they send a bunch of first round picks and then Deshaun Watson never plays, well, then, you know, they're only out a bunch of third round picks. But it's like that is still a lot. That is still if you're if you trade three, let's say three first round picks. Right. And, and I know there would be more than that involved. But let's say they trade. They're going to trade three first round picks for this guy. And then, you know, if he goes to jail or doesn't play, that those picks somehow revert to third round picks. The Dolphins are still giving away three third round picks for a player that doesn't play a down of football for them. So. That's that's an issue that exists, that it's just a ludicrous thing that the Dolphins would try to make this move for this player. And, you know, and then we can get into all of the sort of moral issues that that brings up in and of itself. But before you respond, Brain, again, this is not about Deshaun Watson versus Tua Tungavailoa or anything like that. It, it has nothing to do with that because we're we're both on record as saying in a, in a perfect world, if none of these accusations are present and it's really just about Deshaun Watson, the football player versus Tua Tungavailoa, the football player, having the exact knowledge of what you're getting in a quarterback makes a lot of sense. And at that point, it does, there is an argument to be made of, yes, let's absolutely bring in this, you know, top five NFL quarterback to be the head of the franchise. And I don't know that there's any doubt about that. And I like Tua, and I think Tua can develop into a very good NFL quarterback, possibly even a great NFL quarterback. But if given the option to choose between a, and, and guaranteed somebody who we know is already a top five NFL quarterback talent versus Tua, 
you know, I, 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 I can see arguments for both sides. But again, that's not the case. That's not what we're talking about here, right? Because we're, we're both on the record. I did an episode of the monologue back in January where I, before all of these, uh, you know, off field issues came up regarding Watson, where I said pretty, pretty clearly, and I believe you're on record saying this as well on this show, that if the Dolphins decided to make a move for Watson, then fine. Then great. And let's welcome him in. And that's good because that's only going to make the team better. Right. So that, that's not what this is about. It has nothing to do with this guy as a player versus anybody else as a player. The conversation that we're having right now is strictly involving all of the issues tied up with this guy right now. So first brain, let's talk about how on earth do you justify making a move you know, even negotiating a move for a player with all of these question marks in this moment, unless you were Chris Greer and basically doing everything in your power to save your job because you know you're on the hot seat and you know because of how things are going this season that if you don't make some kind of desperate move to make the owner happy, that you could be out of a job come January. Well, I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, so that can't be ignored. And then the other thing that you're going to look at and, and to justify this is you're going to say, well, if, if you really dig into it and you don't believe that we're looking at jail time, then you can look at the, this league's precedent. Uh, of how they handle players with similar accusations. Honestly, accusations that are worse than what Deshaun Watson's allegations are because you can just look at uh, the allegations against Ben Roethlisberger from years past. Uh, you've got Kareem Hunt was videotaped kicking a, a woman uh, and basically sat out a year. And so if you're the Dolphins and you're looking at it strictly from a disciplinary issue and playing time issue, you might look at it and say, all right, let's say we trade for this guy and the commissioner steps in and they suspend him for the rest of the year. Well, you still have this guy on contract for what, three or four more years and you've got your franchise quarterback. And because of all this baggage, instead of having to give up, you know, four first round picks, three second round picks, just this bevy of of draft capital, maybe you can get him for three first round picks. And from that standpoint, all of a sudden it's a value. Uh, and so if you're looking at it strictly from that standpoint, uh, that's where the argument can be made that this would actually be a good move for the Dolphins, especially if you can have some sort of pick protection in there where if he gets suspended for however many games that, uh, you know, drops the, the value of the picks that you have to give up in compensation. Um, but like you said, there's more to it than just that, and that's where the moral uh, aspect of this comes into play, which is really where I'm struggling the most to really want the Dolphins to make this move to the point where I'm vehemently against it. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I was I was pretty disgusted that they were still talking about this uh, after all of these allegations came out. 
that Stephen Ross was quoted as saying that he was, you know, wanting to make this move even after these allegations came out. But what we had seen was a lot of smoke and really nothing that was really corroborated. And so there was no real, until a move was made or it seemed like a move was imminent, there was no reason to talk about it other than, okay, our owner maybe has uh, some moral shortcomings, which frankly is not surprising to me without getting super political about it. Uh, I, I would say that the majority of pro sports owners probably have, uh, you know, a, a very flexible moral compass. So to put it lightly. So, uh, you know, looking at it that way, uh, not terribly surprised, but the fact that we're now sitting in, uh, for again, these, these rumors are coming out and now it's being, the story is being broken by multiple sources. It just seems like there's way too much smoke for there not to be fire. There's definitely something happening here. It's obvious that the Dolphins are actively pursuing this guy. And that puts me in a quandary where I don't know how I can honestly support this team going forward, given the fact that Look, it starts at the top. The owner actively is pursuing this guy. So we know that the owner is basically saying, oh, to hell with these allegations. I don't care. I just want to win football games. And that the guys directly under him in the front office who are making the decisions regarding the football team essentially are doing the same thing and they're trying to finagle their way around it to get him for the for the for the best price but it's clear that they that they want him and that's the problem it, it's clear that they want him and they shouldn't want him i don't want him and i don't think any any person that uh you know doesn't just look at these football teams and these football players as property and looks at them as human beings and wants to root for actual people should want this guy to be on their team, let alone the leader of their team as the starting quarterback, the franchise quarterback who's making, you know, 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year. Yeah, there's a lot of talk within the Miami Dolphins organization about the importance of being role models and good members of their community. And that is that is a big part of the PR push. And as you look at all of the sort of front-facing things that you have seen from the Miami Dolphins organization over the past few years, all of it has been about community and doing community work and trying to do those sorts of things. And now we're in a situation where the top brass of the organization is actively seeking to bring somebody in who has significant character flaws. And let's make no bones about it. Bringing in somebody who is credibly accused, who has 22 accusations of sexual misconduct against them, is bringing somebody in who is, is looking at somebody who is less than a model citizen. And I know that there are people out there who are going to be, well, he hasn't been proven guilty of anything and he hasn't, you know, these are not, you know, these are just accusations and that's all they are. Nothing has been proven. Look, if you actually believe that there are 22 different people, including eight people who have made criminal complaints against this man and that 
all of these accusations that have come forth are completely fabricated and based on nothing, I don't know what to tell you other than that your head is in the sand. Right. And I'm not saying and listen, and there I know there there are people out there who are like everybody is innocent until proven guilty. And you're absolutely right. Deshaun Watson is innocent until proven guilty and he does not have to go to jail until he is proven guilty. However, in the court of public opinion, he is a person who very clearly has significant moral failings. Right. And I know that at the end of the day, for a lot of people, it's about football. And look, if that is you, if you are a person who can watch the Miami Dolphins play football and completely separate who those people are that are out there playing the game versus who they are when they are off the field, then God bless you for being able to do that. But this is, this is the same old Dolphin show. This is Aaron. This is Josh. This is us talking from our hearts about how we feel about this. And if you disagree, then so be it. Disagree. But as far as I'm concerned, it gives me a lot to think about in terms of how I support this organization, an organization that I have invested loads of time in, so much time. We're doing multiple podcasts every week for it. Um, we're, we're writing for DolphinsTalk.com. We have purchased Miami Dolphins memorabilia. We have purchased Miami Dolphins tickets. We have financially supported this club as well. So it's, it's time, it's emotion, it's money that you pour into supporting this team and to see them turn around and make this kind of, and even be in pursuit of this player, right? And it's possible that they could come to their senses in one day, you know, for, for one reason or another, the whole thing falls through and he never comes to Miami. It never happens. And then so be it. But I am not going to put my head in the sand and say that that's not happening, right? Th these rumors keep going, right? The rumors would go away if the Dolphins weren't actively doing something, right? That they would cool off. These beat reporters, John McClain is a guy who's worked for the Houston Chronicle for years and years and years. He's not making something up. He's not just, and he's certainly not going to be doing PR for the football team, I wouldn't think. That's a very kind of cynical view of things. I think it's really putting your head in the sand to want to say they're not, how do we know they're actively seeking something out? Okay. There are talks going on. They may eventually fall through, but again, it's the fact that these talks are ongoing that are so problematic. And so that's the kind of thing that makes you go, how do I continue to support this team? And listen, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Even if they made this trade for, for Deshaun Watson and he became a Miami Dolphin player, my emotional ties to the team, to that you know, Miami Dolphins logo to the, t you know, to the concept of, uh, of 53 guys wearing aqua and orange going out onto a football field every Sunday and cheering for that team is so deeply ingrained in me that I would have a very difficult time walking away from that. But it would make me reconsider how do I support this team? Do I continue to buy merchandise? Do I buy tickets to a game? Do I spend money to, you know, watch the game on Sunday ticket? Do I instead say, I'm not going to pay this money for, to watch the games on Sunday ticket anymore. I'm going to 
watch them via streams on the internet because that way I can still watch the games and I'm not financially supporting something. I don't know. I'm not saying that these are, you know, perfectly thought out solutions. I'm just saying that it would, I would have a really hard time and I'm already having a really hard time reconciling how I feel about the fact that they are pursuing this guy in, in the face of all of these issues because that's ultimately a, a problem for me. And I've, and I've had similar problems with other teams that I support. I've had the same thing with, uh, you know, the Chicago Cubs are, are owned by people who I'm not sure whether they have the best interest of the baseball club at heart. And so that is something that is difficult to deal with. I support Manchester United, who recently brought back Cristiano Ronaldo, who is somebody who is accused credibly of sexual misconduct and how do I, and I'm struggling. I've struggled because the guy is scoring goals and doing good things for my team. But at the same time, that person is somebody that I'm having a difficult time cheering for, even as they're helping my team. And so it's just, it, it is a struggle. It is something that I am struggling with. And I'm, and, and I think that I, I, I think that if a move were to be made, there is going to be substantial backlash. I know that there are a lot of people out there who truly believe that, you know, if the Dolphins make this move, that a lot of the people who are upset about it will, you know, will quiet down and you won't hear much about it. And I, and I'm sure for a certain segment of the population, that's probably true. It's probably true that there are people out there who, if the Dolphins brought Deshaun Watson in and they're already saying, well, Deshaun Watson, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And then they brought him in. Those people, there are a certain segment of that population that would turn around and, you know, just turn a blind eye and continue to watch it. And I have no doubt that that's true. But there are other people like the brain and myself that would really struggle with that. And I think that there are a lot of people who are going to make their voices heard. A lot of people who are maybe not protesting or doing something now, but if the Dolphins make this move, I think, I think it's a PR disaster for this team. Don't you? It's absolutely going to be a PR disaster, but their argument to that is going to be like, well, you know, what's what will always overcome a PR disaster is winning. Um, winning cures everything. But in this case, I I don't think that it does. And I, I think that it will cure a lot. And I think that, you know, even if they lost, you know, let's say it was 30% of their fan base over making this move and then they gained, you know, a good portion of that back because, you know, they're winning football games a year or two from now and Deshaun Watson is a big reason. I'm not going to be one of those people. Uh, at this point, look, it's... It's hard to root for this team. It's been hard my entire life because they've just been inept, but it's never been because of, you know, anything personal against them. I just thought that they were bad at their job, which makes it hard. Uh, and then we've talked in the past about times where as a fan, it is actually okay to actively root against your team. We've done that as recently as a couple of years ago when we were tanking for Tua, where we knew, we acknowledged that while we always want to see our team win, sometimes it is better to see your team lose in the short term 
to play the long game to have better results in the long run so that you can win significantly and consistently. And so that was always a reason why, you know, when this team was bad and you had a first round draft pick, unlike this year, uh, that it was actually, in my eyes, the right move to make as a fan was to actively root for your team to lose. Maybe you wanted them to play as well as possible, but somehow find a way to lose that football game. And that's what we've done in the past with Dolphin teams that we knew needed serious rebuilding. Uh, we've seen it on the college level. You don't see this this one upcoming that you, that you, uh, you don't see this at the pro level so much, but a lot of times when you're a fan of a college program and we're kind of going through this as Hurricanes fans, you and I are both Hurricanes fans and we both know that, uh, Manny Diaz is awful. He's a, uh, he's a disaster head coach and he's the head of the Miami Hurricanes football program. And the only way that that Hurricanes program is going to put even potentially turn around. I mean, really, it goes to the athletic director, but uh, to, you've got to get rid of Manny Diaz as the head coach. And the only way that's going to happen is if they lose football games, because if they go, you know, seven and five and end up making a bowl game, then they can justify bringing him back. That might be good enough. So you need the, the Hurricanes to lose every week so that they fire Manny Diaz so that you can ultimately turn the program around. That's another reason to root against your team. This is a further reason to where if you really love your team, whether it's unconditionally, whether it's conditionally, at the end of the day, whether you whether you love somebody personally and you're talking about a person, you're talking about an entity, you're talking about a company, you're talking about a football team. When they do something that is morally, I mean, really reprehensible because ultimately what you're doing is, is you're completely ignoring credible sexual misconduct, sexual assault charges and seeking this player out and giving up valuable assets to get to get this player uh at a position that while it's an extremely important position I think we can all agree is not the biggest problem on this football team and even if it was it still wouldn't make it any better um for you to for this organization to be actively seeking this guy out Regardless of whether the trade even happens, at this point we know that they are actively seeking this this player out. I don't want to see my organization win like this. I don't want to see my organization win with this guy at the helm. And I'm not even talking about this goes beyond Brian Flores. This goes beyond Chris Greer. This goes all the way to the top and it goes to the guy that we know is pulling the strings as far as this Deshaun Watson deal. And that is the owner, Stephen Ross. So as, and you know, I, I don't see eye to eye politically with Stephen Ross either. Uh, but you know, that I've been willing to kind of be like, okay, that's fine. You know, this country's very split and the lot goes into that. Uh, but this, I draw a hard line stance on. At the end of the day, if you're not siding with, uh, sexual assault victims, then I cannot side with you. I cannot support you. I can't call myself a supporter of women's rights. I can't call myself a feminist. And then support an organization that 
is essentially ignoring sexual misconduct from a man against dozens of women and sexual assault accusations. I can't support that team and feel good about myself. I can't separate that uh, on Sunday. Even if, you know, even as good as it would be to see the Dolphins win the Super Bowl, I can't, I can't feel good about it if it happens in this way. So where I'm at as a Dolphin fan is, look, I'm still a Dolphins fan, but this is a dark time. This is the time as a Dolphins fan where I have to actively say that this team deserves to lose until they rectify this. And the only way that I can really see them rectifying this is the owner coming out and saying, we are not going to make a move for Deshaun Watson because... We do not accept and we, this type of behavior and we are not going to support anybody who uh, actively engages in this behavior. And so that's not going to happen. No, no, that's no. not going there's no chance that that's going to happen. So short of Stephen Ross selling the team right now, I'm going to follow this team because I've put in that time investment. I've put in that emotional and financial investment as well. But actively rooting for them to win? No, I'm actually, it's far more likely that on Sunday, I'm going to be actively rooting for this team to lose. And that's not going to stop me from objectively, you know, watching this team and, and, and judging this team and analyzing the things that I think that they could do and should do and the things that they've done right and the things that they've done wrong. But as far as wanting this team to win, I can't want this team to win until there is a major change at the top. And for me, that's Stephen Ross selling the organization. And so that might be years. I mean, he granted he's, you know, he's what, 80 years old? Yeah. So, I mean, and there's been talks of he's got somebody else in line underneath him. And I don't know how that person's morals line up. I don't know what his opinion is on, on Deshaun Watson. But the fact is, I don't know. I know what Stephen Ross's opinion is at this point. And so as long as Stephen Ross is the owner of the Miami Dolphins, I will not be rooting for the Miami Dolphins to win football games. I will be actively rooting for them to lose. Now, I might say, you know, because there's a chance that he could sell the team in a couple of years, maybe I don't want this team to make awful decision after awful decision because at some point when he does sell the team because he's not going to own the team forever I do I will want this team to win I just don't want this team to win as long as he's the owner yeah that's a hard that's a hard line stance to take I don't know that I'm at a place yet where I can sit there and go uh, that I'm actively rooting against them I don't know that I can do that but I I understand where you are coming from. I, I, I just, I know me 
And, you know, I mean, it was hard for me, even when, even in the tanking season, I was, you know, cheering for them when they're doing good things, even though I knew that having them lose games would be beneficial. I'm just, at this point, I'm not convinced that even if they lost games, that that would necessarily expedite the process of Ross selling the team. Uh, And so I I don't know that that's something that I can do, but I I mean, I get where you are coming from in regards to that. I, I have not, I am still struggling with this idea and with this concept of the fact that that he wants a guy like Deshaun Watson to be part of this team. And look, and I know that there are other players on this team that are not angels. We know that. We know that to be the case. But it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And it's not about there being some sort of purity test, you know, because nobody is nobody is perfect. I understand that. And but it's like you know, I, I I don't even want to get into the nitty gritty and the little differences of things that this player did versus things that that player did. It's just something like this is so egregious that it's problematic. And so it's just, listen, it's something that I'm struggling with. And I know that there are other people out there that are struggling with it as well. And I just want you to know that you're not the only one. And I also realize that, you know, we're a couple of middle-aged white dudes having this conversation. And I know that our opinions on it are perhaps not the most important ones in this situation. I know that there are, uh, I know that there are other dolphin fans whose identities and personalities are probably a lot more, uh, I think should probably hold a lot more weight in this situation than, than what Aaron and I think. But again, we're here on our show, just kind of letting you know where we stand. Right. I I don't. And and again, this is not us preaching that this is what you should do. Right. You're going to support this team the way that you're going to support this team. And you might think we're completely crazy. You might think Aaron is completely out of his mind for cheering against the team. And you might say, what kind of Dolphin fan are you? And I get it. I I understand that part of me is going, you're going to really cheer for them. You really get it. Part of me is actually thinking that right now. But I get it. I get where he's coming from. I understand it. Well, let's be real. Uh, it, I'll probably, if I'm actively rooting for them to lose, it would be good for us at the end well, of the day. They'd it, start winning. It'd be, well, no, it'd be, it would make for a far more satisfying Sunday. Well, yeah, but yeah, but based on how things are going, but I'm not saying that I'm going to get to that point. I'm just saying that, that, you know, at this point in time, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough to be a fan of this organization that seems to be just completely incapable of getting it right. And I don't just mean in terms of the Watson thing. I just mean in general. Over the past 20 years, this team at just every turn seems incapable of getting it right. And when it feels, every time it feels like they're finally making progress towards something positive, it turns out that they're not. And they end up taking, you know, they're taking three steps forward and then taking five steps backwards. And that's just been the way of supporting this team. And, you know... That's why this is the same old dolphin show, because they are, in fact, the same old dolphins. But the same old dolphins have a game this Sunday, and they still have players on this team that may still be long-term building blocks for this franchise as it moves forward. So we're going to take a look at this upcoming game against the Atlanta Falcons. But first, a word from our friends at BetUS. Hey, guys. Sports betting season is in full force with the Major League Baseball playoffs and NFL season in full swing and the NBA and NHL seasons just getting underway. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, a sports book like Bet. 
BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS have been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is B-E-T-U-S dot com. And they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. And you'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code DOLPHINSTALK. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sportsbook for a lot of reasons. BetUS is all of your NBA, NHL, and NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds as well. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA, golf, and round matchups, and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the racebook has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS. Brain. With all that other conversation behind us, which I know is difficult to do because it is very much the elephant in the room. The Miami Dolphins are still one in five and they do still have a home game coming up on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. So let's talk about that game and we don't need to get into a super in-depth preview, but the Atlanta Falcons and Miami Dolphins, two of the worst teams in the NFL on both offensive and defensive DVOA. On the offensive side of the ball, Miami is 26th, Atlanta is 30th, and on the defensive side of the ball, Atlanta's 29th and Miami's 30th. So, I mean, it's, or I'm sorry, that was, that was vice versa. It was the defense first and then the offense. But either way, these are, these are two teams that have struggled this season. The Dolphins in desperate need of a win here. Uh, what do you think it is that the Dolphins are going to need to do on offense to get, to get a win over this Atlanta Falcons team? Well, I think we saw, you know, glimpses of what this offense could be last week. Uh, Tua looked sharp at times. Uh, Again, you take away the bad throw, the really bad interception that came at a really inopportune time last week after the Dolphins had just created a turnover and it was in a spot where the Dolphins really could have taken a stranglehold of that game. Um, Outside of that, I thought Tua played pretty well and he looked sharp and I think you're going to just see him be more comfortable. The fact that he's you got another home game against another bad defense. Do we know if Devontae Parker is playing uh, or if Preston Williams will be back, if either of those guys will be back? Um, if they are, that's only going to help that much more. Even if they're not, I don't foresee the offense being, you know, any worse or certainly not much worse than they were last week against Jacksonville. And uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, Atlanta's defense is actually worse than Jacksonville's because while Jacksonville actually – it has a pretty good run defense. Atlanta does not. So I, I expect the Dolphins to have a little bit more balance in this game and should have some success moving the football. Uh, so I think it starts there. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Atlanta is, it, it, you know, you think of Matt Ryan and, the, and these offenses that the Falcons have had over the past decade, and you think of them as being a high-powered offense, but they've really, really struggled. So, uh you know, do we have X or Byron Jones back? I'm not sure, but 
if you get either of those guys back, that should be a huge boost to this defense as well. And the Dolphins should have an edge on both sides of the ball. But that said, this wouldn't be the first time this season that we'd be coming into a game, a home game, and saying the Dolphins should have the edge on on, on both sides of the ball. And the way things have been going, at this point, the Dolphins need to actually show it before we just blindly believe it based on what we saw last season and the expectations that are on paper. Yes, as we record here on Friday afternoon, uh, Falcons linebacker Dante Fowler has been ruled out for this game, and Avery Williams' cornerback is uh, listed as doubtful. Jalen Hawkins, the safety for uh, the Falcons, is uh, a, was a full participant in practice on Friday and is expected to go on Sunday. I'm looking for the Dolphins report to see uh, what the latest news in for Friday. I'm not seeing it just yet, though, so it looks like it hasn't come out yet. Um, for Friday's report, but yeah, Dolphins are going to need to do, need to stop Corderell Patterson. You think we're going to be able to do that? Because that, this is the guy that has proven to be the big weapon for, uh, for the Falcons this year, as well as, of course, Kyle Pitts, who had an explosion of a breakout game in the Falcons last game, which was in London. Uh, of course, that was in the absence of Calvin Ridley, who will be back. For this game. So on the other side of the ball, how are the Dolphins going to slow down the Falcons? Well, Patterson is is one of those backs. Look, he's, he used to be a receiver. Now he's a running back. He's sort of a gimmicky player. He's not uh, dissimilar to a guy like uh, like a Naheem Hines, who the Dolphins played uh, a couple weeks ago when we when we took on. Uh, the Colts, uh, and and though that really hasn't been the issue. I mean, granted, he'll make some plays. He'll get lined up against some linebackers, and it's a mismatch. So you've got to account for that. He's got to be part of your defensive game plan to keep an eye on him. So that means, you know, particular onus on Jerome Baker, especially when you consider that one of Atlanta's big weapons is uh, is Kyle Pitts, as you mentioned. So if you know if. If they're two, if two of their best weapons out of the passing game is a running back and a tight end, it means Jerome Baker is going to have a considerable amount of responsibility. It also means that your safeties. So, uh, you know, Eric Rowe, it's obviously going to be, you know, he's going to be an important part of this defensive game plan. But as far as the Cordell Patter, Cordell, or Cordell Patterson, uh, Cordero Patterson. That I there said it is. took the third times the charm. Uh, as as long as uh, we're talking about him, uh, the issue that the Dolphins have had with opposing running backs hasn't been there. It's been stopping the run between the tackles, uh, the linebackers filling into their run fits, which again. Jerome Baker, not been great at it. Alandon Roberts, who they put more of an onus on by letting guys like Kyle Van Noy and Nardrick McKinney go. Uh, Landon Roberts has had more responsibility and he hasn't played well. So it's, it's important for him and Jerome Baker to find those run fits. And it's also going to be important to ultimately get get uh get Atlanta in second and third and long situations so where you don't have to uh you know worry so much about the run but again if you're going to do that that means you have to stop the run on first down which is where the Dolphins have had the problem so uh I think the Dolphins will do a better job in this game stopping the run I don't think the Falcons are a very good rushing offense um and and I I really think where the Dolphins have 
a, a more tricky matchup is it really comes down to the passing game. If they can't put pressure on uh, Matt Ryan and X and Byron Jones still aren't healthy, then you, you've got a problem when it comes to how do you how do you defend Calvin Ridley? How do you defend Kyle Pitts? And then still be able to keep an eye on Cordero Patterson coming out of the backfield. Uh, I think you you have a veteran quarterback like that, and if your corners aren't healthy and you have to play zone, I think Matt Ryan can pick you apart, particularly if you can't bring pressure, because we know that the Dolphins have struggled to bring pressure when they're not blitzing. So... I think that's the that's the challenge here. It's I mean, obviously you have to stop the run. If you don't stop the run, then you're screwed. You're royally screwed. You can't if you can't stop the run, you're not going to be able to stop anything. But I believe that the Dolphins' biggest challenge in this one is going to be stopping the pass as opposed to stopping the run. Sure, and Mike Davis has not proven himself to be a particularly dynamic running back for the Falcons this year in the carries that he said. And again, neither was Peyton Barber. That's true. Neither had Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber had himself a little field day against the Miami Dolphins. So fair enough. All right, let's let's do a prediction here. I mean, we we usually do hashtag one hot take, but in 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 spite of everything that's been going on this week, I I just didn't feel right to do a, a one hot take segment. But so we didn't ask the people for theirs, uh, but do you have one? you have a hot take and a prediction for this game? I have a hot take. I have a hot take that Tua is going to account for three touchdowns in this game and zero turnovers. Oh, okay. That's big. I See, I was waiting for you to say he was going to account for three tur- three touchdowns in this game and two of them were going to be for the Falcons, but... <laughs> But that's good. That's good. So three, he's going to account for three touchdowns and no turnovers. I like that. Uh, I'm going to, you know what my hot take is. Although I'm, uh, with each passing week, I'm getting colder and colder on Michael Polardi. I am not into this guy. He is not a very good punter. Can we just say that? Maybe Michael he's Polardi. a better passer than he is a punter. I got, I hope so. And what, I mean, it'd be, he's a pretty, he's not a very good punter. Let's just say that. But I'm going to stick with it. Look, I made this prediction for the season, so it's going to happen. So this is it. Michael Pilardi throws a touchdown pass. And as far as the game itself, man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I feel like we got to get a win. We got to get the win. I'm going to pick the Dolphins to, to come out victorious in this one. Give me Miami Dolphins. 26, Atlanta Falcons, 19. And look, two is going to gonna have three touchdowns, so that means it's a, it's a good day for the offense. I think the offense puts some points on the board in this game, but I'm tired of picking the Dolphins blindly without them showing any. Look, the, we, we, all, we all agree that the Falcons are a bad football team. They found a way to win two games. That's true. The Dolphins, at this point, to pick them, it just I, like I feel like I should pick them. I really do. I feel like they should win this game. I felt like they should win that game. I felt like they should have won the game against the Colts. And they un, until they actually, it, it's like picking the Dolphins to beat the Bills or picking the Dolphins to beat the Ravens. At some point, when you're making those picks. You're doing it just on blind faith and you're, you're kind of being a homer. And so even when you, you can justify it with objective stats and facts, it still just feels unwarranted. And so I can't pick the Dolphins this week. 
Um, I'm picking the Falcons to win this game 27 to 24. There it is. Okay. Again, on a last minute field goal. Yeah, last minute field goal. Who who gonna kick a field goal? He's going to uh, redeem himself from the missed field goal that lost the Chargers the game against the Dolphins back in the season opener a few years back. Oh, oh, revenge game. Revenge young, game. Young way, revenge game. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, I'm here for it. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, then I think that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. We'll be back after the game on Sunday. Maybe it'll be on Sunday. Maybe we'll still be together in the same room. Maybe we uh, we will be elsewhere. I don't know. We'll see what the deal is. You're traveling home on Monday, which is when we usually record. So we'll figure it out. We'll get. We'll have another episode of the show for you. At the end of the day, we're still here. We're still doing the show. We love the team. And sometimes when you love someone, you need to the, you, to 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 want what's best for them. You need to enact a change. There, there you go. And you can't just support everything that they do blindly just because you love them. When they're doing when they're doing things that are wrong, you have to you have to step in, you have to make a stance. And that's where I'm at as a fan. It doesn't mean that I love the team any less. It just means that I'm going to love them in a different way until uh, until some things change. And, uh, you know, as long as Steven Ross is the owner, I just can't support the team in the same way that I have in the past. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Amplified to Rock, at Same Old Dolphins, at Aaron the Brain, Facebook.com slash Same Old Dolphins. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere that you get your sound, uh, get your uh, podcast. And don't forget to visit DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, and we're going to keep churning out great content for you over there no matter what. So... For Aaron the Brain, who I'm recording with in person, and uh, for everybody else, take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, Go Dolphins!